All right. So this review, Unit 4, uh, was the courts and criminal justice. Okay. And so for us, we do concentrate on the federal level of the courts uh, and not so much on the state level. Uh, just real quick so you know, there's three federal levels. There's the district courts, which is the the kind of the, the main court where if you break a federal law, you're going to start off there. All right. Then you've got the appellate. So if you appeal, you know, if you don't like the, the outcome and you have a valid appeal, you can always appeal to uh, the appellate court. They'll hear your appeal. And then the last chance to be the Supreme Court, which is the top. All right. And there's only one of them. Um, at the state level, it's kind of similar. It doesn't really, you know, for the review, doesn't really matter. But just so you know, um, for the states, you got a, a state Supreme Court, you've got state appellate courts, and you also have all these um, <clears throat> state courts, basically the, the county courts and all that kind of stuff. So uh, where you end up just depends on what you've done. If you break a state law, a federal law, who charges you? and all that kind of good stuff. Hopefully you never end up in court. So hopefully none of this stuff ever matters to you. Um, but you never know. Okay. You never know. All right. So let's get going with the review. Uh, you've got the Supreme Court basics. Uh, first off, how many Supreme Court justices are there? Uh, there's nine. Okay. Um, now that number is not set in stone. Uh, it is not written anywhere. It is just a decision by Congress to have nine. We've had nine as the number since about 1867 but we've been as low as five and as high as i think 13 maybe um and so that's why if you paid attention to the last election there is a lot of talk of potentially expanding the supreme court but so far they haven't all right the process to become a supreme court justice um it's a two-step process uh first off you have to be a, a appointed or nominated by the president okay so to become a, any, any, any federal judge actually is appointed by the president, not just the Supreme Court, but uh, the Supreme Court is who we focus on uh, all the time because they're the, the highest court. Uh, so you get appointed by the president and then you're approved by the Senate. Okay, so you're appointed by the president and then you get approved by the Senate. That's an important thing. It is not Congress. It is not the House. It is the Senate only. All right, the process to hear a case. So the Supreme Court gets to pick and choose their cases. Uh, there was an old show, y'all are probably too young to have watched it, but it was on Fox. It was called House, Dr. House. And in this show, this doctor uh, got to pick and choose his cases. He only took on patients that interested him that he thought was a puzzle that was going to make him, I don't know, he, he only took on cases that excited him. The Supreme Court is similar in that they take a look at a case, all right, and they get to decide if they want to hear it. So how does it get to that point very quickly? So you have uh, done something here at school and you got arrested and you decided to appeal and you've just appealed and appealed and appealed and it's worked its way up to the Supreme Court. Okay, cases don't just start at the Supreme Court. They have to, to work their way up. And so you have finally run out of appeals. The Supreme Court is your last chance. So your lawyer fills out the form, fills out the brief, basically saying this is why, this is what the, the facts are of the case. This is why 
Uh, it's a issue for the Supreme Court. This is why it's a constitutional issue. List all the reasons the Supreme Court should hear it. They will take a look at it. All nine justices will take a look at your case. will take a look at your brief. Um, and they will come together and they'll talk about it and they'll decide, hey, is this a case we want to hear? A key thing you got to know here is that if four of the justices want to hear it, they then hear it. Okay, so if only four, it only takes four justices to say, hey, this is the this is a case that's worth the Supreme Court's time, that's worth the Supreme Court hearing. This question needs to be answered by the Supreme Court. If four of them hear it, want to hear it, then they will pull it up. Okay, getting that case, if they call your case up, this is Latin word. Uh, it's called granting it the writ, W-R-I-T, of Satoria. And I can't, I can't say it correctly because it's Latin, and I don't speak Latin because it's a dead language. Uh, but it's spelled like C-E-R-T-I-O-R-A-I. -I, so I, I don't know, okay? But if you see something about the writ, W-R-I-T, about granting the writ, that means it's pulling the case up, okay? It means pulling the case up. Then uh, lifetime terms, the benefits. Every judge, every federal judge <clears throat> is given a lifetime term, meaning they don't lose their office. They don't have to run for election. The president can't fire them. Congress can't fire them. They are there as long as they want to be. Okay, so they are there <clears throat> as long as they want to be. Why do they do that? Well, a couple of things. The main thing uh, and it kind of goes to, to what uh, I think your discussion was about with activism versus restraint. Um, we want the judges to not have to worry about anything other than making rules, I mean, excuse me, making decisions based on what the Constitution says. We don't want them to have to worry, oh, if I make this decision, it's going to upset this block of voters and they're not going to reelect me. If I make this decision, this interest group is not going to like me. They're not going to fund me. They don't have to worry about any of this stuff. They just get to make decisions based on what they think the law is, okay, or what the Constitution says, uh, and, that, and that's the big thing, okay. Uh, it also protects them from a upset president. Like I said, uh, the president can't fire them. Uh, Congress can't fire them. They also can't reduce their pay. All right, so all, it's all of these protections so they can make rules and laws based on what the Constitution says. Okay, any questions about the Supreme Court? Everybody okay? All right, criminal versus civil. Uh, so you've got two sides to the courtroom. Uh, not the courtroom, but the courthouse, I guess, would be a better way to say it. So the criminal side, this is where you have broke a law and the government is trying to punish you. Okay, so you have done something whatever it might be, but you have broken some law, the government has decided you've broken that law, they're now charging you, and they are going to be the ones prosecuting you to try and find you guilty. Okay? On the civil side, this is where you might not have broken a law. This is going to be person to person. The government's really not involved here. Maybe you've broken a contract, Maybe something has happened to cause a dispute between you and your neighbor. You know, we have a lot of rain here the next few days. Maybe uh, we get some bad weather and a tree falls from your yard onto your neighbor's back deck. And they want you to, they want your parents, we'll say, 
to pay for the damages and your parents are like, no, we're not going to pay. At that point, they really have no choice but to sue. Okay. And that's what a civil case is where it's person to person. I was sued uh, just quickly. <clears throat> My dad passed away in 2012 and uh, a friend of his put in a claim on my dad's estate saying that my dad owed him money and had a signature on a, con on a promissory note. Me and my sister who were in charge of the estate said, that's not our dad's signature. He didn't sign that. And so we refused to pay the guy anything. Well, since we refused to pay the guy, he had no choice but to sue my, me and my sister, my dad's estate. And so we had to go to court. We had to prove that his document was a phony, which we did. And so we won and the guy ended up having to pay our legal fees and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, there what we, we didn't break any law. We didn't do anything. Just this guy wanted money and he, he sued us. Okay. So everybody understand the difference between criminal and civil Any questions about that. All right. Plea bargaining. Uh, plea bargaining is twofold. Okay. On the criminal side. So if you plea bargain on the criminal side, that means the, the prosecution comes to you You've done something wrong. The prosecution comes to you and says, hey, we know you did it. You know you did it. If you'll go ahead and say you're guilty, instead of giving you 25 years, we'll give you five. Now, if I know I'm guilty, is that a pretty good deal? 25 years or five years? If I know I'm guilty, yeah, let me. I'll take that deal. I'll say I'm guilty, okay? Uh, at least most people, if they know they're guilty. Now, if you think you're going to win, if you think you're innocent, then heck no, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that plea deal. Okay. Uh, on the civil side, <clears throat> um, you know, like the two, the two sides might say, Hey, you know, I'm suing you for $5,000. Instead of going to trial, why don't we make a deal here and you give me 2000 and uh, I'll, I'll drop the case. You know, so both sides, criminal and civil, can have plea bargains. Why do people plea bargain? Well, on the criminal side, the prosecution will offer you this because it gets it off their books. It saves them time. They don't have to worry about trying to work your case out. They just get a win. On the civil side, two sides might agree because it's going to be cheaper. You know, courts are expensive. Lawyers are expensive. That guy I told you that sued me, uh, since he lost, he had to pay my lawyer's fees. He had to pay $36,000 to my lawyer. $36,000 freaking dollars. That's a lot of money. Uh, but anyways, so that's that's plea bargaining. Okay. Uh, examples of felonies. Uh, you probably know the big ones. Um, kidnapping, murder, assault, bank robbery, things like that. Those are all examples of felonies. Uh, I don't think on the test I'm going to ask you some obscure law. I think it'll stand out as, oh, that's much worse than the others. Now you've got felonies. What's the other side? Well, there's misdemeanors. Okay. Misdemeanors are like a speeding ticket. Um, maybe passing a bus. I'm guilty of that. Actually, I pleaded no low contende, meaning I didn't plead guilty, but I also didn't plead not guilty. I basically said I did it, but I'm not saying I did it. And so I paid a fine and went about my business. The buses, I don't like buses because of that. Uh, but anyways, um, misdemeanors might be something like littering, potentially, um, 
maybe stealing something small, like if you still a if you steal a big cue from Quick Trip or something like that, you know, that's not going to be a felony. So it's, it's basically the level of crime. Okay, on the test, you do have to, to name a couple, not name, but pick them out. Like I said, I think it's going to be pretty obvious which ones are which. All right, restraint versus activism. Restraint, this is where judges rely on the Constitution only to make decisions. Okay, so this is where judges are going to rely solely on the Constitution. They're supposed to put their personal beliefs, their personal thoughts out of the equation. What does the Constitution say? Okay. Uh, it, sometimes you might see it as original intent. What did the founding fathers believe? What did the founding fathers say when they were making this law? What did they mean by this law or this, this phrase in the Constitution or whatever it might be? <clears throat> but I'm not letting my personal beliefs in there. I'm just using the Constitution. Activism is the opposite. This is where I am going to use my personal beliefs, my personal thoughts, uh, and help me make the decision. Yes, I'm still going to use the Constitution as my guiding principle, but I'm going to leave it and interpret it myself. Okay, so at restraint is where you're relying solely on the Constitution to make decisions. Your personal beliefs are supposed to stay out of there. Activism is where you make the decisions using the Constitution, yes, but you also have your personal beliefs in there. All right, judicial review. There's two things. First off, you got to know the court case. The court case uh, that gave judicial review is on the test, and that is Marbury versus Madison. Okay, so Marbury, M A R B U R Y versus Madison. Very quickly, you got this in U.S. history. I know U.S. history was a weird time last year. Uh, digital, <coughs> excuse me. So if you don't remember this case, just very quickly, uh, this was back in the 1800s, all right? Adams was the president. He signed all these people into office and then he was leaving office. The new president, Thomas Jefferson, refused to basically turn in the paperwork. And so these guys never got their judgeships, okay? Well, Marbury was one of them, so he sued, all righty? Uh, and the Supreme Court said, well, none of that's legal. And so they blew up the whole entire judicial system. Uh, and that's what created judicial review. So what is judicial review? Judicial review, you need to know, allows the Supreme Court to, to, to declare laws as unconstitutional. That's what they said about the law with Marbury versus Madison. Hey, the law that creates this is unconstitutional. It shouldn't even be a thing. And so they, they blew it up. Same thing can happen today. The Supreme Court can take a look at a law and they can say that's unconstitutional uh, and it's thrown out. So, for example, uh, the, I don't know if you've been following or, or know what's going on in Texas. Texas created a abortion law that allows citizens to sue people that are involved in the abortion. It's not the government. Okay. So I think that's going to be challenged and I think it's probably going to be stricken down eventually. But right now, since it's not the government that's enforcing the abortion ban. It's letting people sue other people. So if you go and you want to get an abortion, uh, the nurse that helps it can be sued. The doctor that performs the, the operation can be sued. Uh, the person that owns the building can be sued. The, if you take an Uber, the Uber driver could be sued. Anybody that helps you get that thing. Uh, so it's a pretty, really restrictive law. 
I personally think it'll be cha uh, challenged and then overturned eventually. It just got to get to that point. Okay. Is there okay with judicial review though? It's where laws are overturned. All right. Due process. Uh, due process is just all the things that you get when you are a suspect and arrested and on trial, <clears throat> excuse me, and then eventually thrown in jail. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but due process is going to be the fact that you get a lawyer, you get a speedy trial, you get a judge, a jury, you know, all the things that come with a fair trial, you get in due process. If the government is going to try and take away your life to your your right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, they have to be sure they give you a fair trial. Okay, so all the due process is is that fair trial stuff. All right, last couple of things here: jurisdiction. Uh, you've got original versus appellate. Okay, Orig original is just where your case is heard first. So if you hear the term or see the term original jurisdiction, it is just where your case entered the system. So if I go rob a bank and I'm arrested, like I would probably be pretty quickly, um, I'm going to end up in a district court. Okay. That's original jurisdiction. That is the first court to hear my case. When I passed that school bus so long ago, 15 years ago now, I still remember it because I'm very spiteful. But uh, anyways, I had to go to traffic court. That was original jurisdiction. They heard my case first, okay? Appellate is when you've lost and you want to appeal the decision. So appellate jurisdiction is where you have lost and you decide to appeal the decision of the court. Now, can you just appeal because you lost? No. Oh man, I lost. I don't like that decision. I'm going to, to appeal. You have to have some kind of constitutional reason. Your lawyer was incompetent. The judge mistreated you. Something was done wrong in the rules. Whatever it might be, you can't just appeal to appeal. You have to have a valid reason. Okay, so original jurisdiction is where your case is heard first. Appellate is going to be anything that comes after that. Okay. Lastly is the opinions. So the Supreme Court, I should have put this up there with the Supreme Court stuff, but I didn't. Uh, I think it's just because the question comes later on the test. But the opinions, there's three types of opinions that the, the courts will write when the Supreme Court will write when they make a decision. The majority, the concurring, and the dissenting. The majority is the most important, okay? The majority opinion is the winning opinion. And why is it so important? Well, this sets out how this thing is going to be enforced. Okay. So in the majority opinion, this is the message to the rest of the country that this is how it's going to be enforced. So real quick, a couple of examples, Brown versus board of education. Most people are familiar with that case. Okay. It's the one that ended segregation in schools. So in the majority opinion, they wrote that the whole separate but equal thing was not fair and not valid and not constitutional and that schools should integrate and they wrote in there something about with all deliberate speed or something like that okay that became the law of the land this is what schools should be doing is integrating now it took a while to integrate because the south was the south but it eventually happened okay 
same-sex marriages from a couple years ago, 2014-15, Obergefell versus Hodges. Some states were allowing same-sex marriages, others weren't. So in the majority opinion, the Supreme Court wrote, this is what makes a marriage, a legal union, whatever. What I don't know what the wordage was. I haven't read that brief. But they, they define what a marriage could be, and it allows same-sex marriages. Okay? Is that okay with everybody? Uh, concurring. So one person writes the majority, usually the chief justice, and then you've got people who agreed with them that want to write their opinion as well. So, hey, I agreed with uh, the, the majority opinion, and they just write why they agreed. Maybe they agreed for a different reason. Maybe the majority opinion had this constitutional belief, and then the concurring opinion, I had something different, and I want to get it on paper, basically. Okay? And then the dissenting is going to be, hey, I don't agree with this decision. So I'm against this decision. I think my fellow justices are wrong, and this is why. Okay? Okay. Don't forget, everything is due on Wednesday, so you have the rest of this week. Then we have fall break. Don't want you to work on anything over the fall break. Uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, if you have questions or concerns, you can always text me uh, or social media. Uh, the Twitter is chhsgov underscore civics, and uh, I will respond to you there as well. All right, best of luck on the, the test tomorrow. Remember, we're in class. And uh, rest in peace to my friend Jason Applin. He's the man. Um, God bless you. All right, y'all take care. Bye-bye.